Hey everyone, welcome back to The Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu, and I am your host, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Ben Beoka. Ben, how's it going, man? Hey, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing well. You know, just, we were talking a little bit earlier, uh, just tired from the day. You know, we, we live our you know separate lives here on earth. We, we work, we go to school, whatever we do, and then we come back. And then instead of resting, we, we got to do this. But it's great. It's, it's a blessing to have you here on this podcast, on this episode. And uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about what we're going to talk about. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for being on. How, how's Seattle this time of year? I know we, I just left there like uh, like a, six weeks ago. So how, how's it going over there? Well, well, it's pretty cold right now. We've been having a bunch of rain. For the past like couple weeks, this, we had smoke right after you guys were here, and then uh, the cold came in. So right now, I think we're like forty fives, fifties in the evenings. So <laughs> it's, it's that cold. Yeah. Oh well, wow. Maybe not forty fives, fifties, sixties. Keep it there. Yeah. Yeah, but, we had like the record like hottest September ever, and then wow. it, it, early early October it kind of dipped a little bit. I was like, okay, it's nice. It's like low eighties during the day. You're not. It's not too hot outside. And then this week, it just went back up in the 90s. So it's like, I I envy the rain right now. I, I, I could totally use that. Um, but I guess to each their own, to each their own. So that's great, yeah. man. Um, so we're going to talk about a lot of things today. We're going to focus a lot on the ministry that God's called you to, and we'll, we'll definitely reflect on that. But before we get started on this topic and into this episode, um, why don't you provide just a little short intro about yourself in case uh, people out there don't know you? Yeah, so... My name is Benjamin Buca, and uh, I go to Logos Bible Church. It's a smaller Romanian church here in uh, Kirkland or Seattle area. And my pastor is Dodu Pope. And I've been serving there for about 10 years now, ever since I was 12 years old. So it's a, it's a good place to serve. And I graduated about two years ago and work in computer science. So. I like hunting. <laughs> That's just a little bit about myself. <laughs> Wait, so you graduated with, a, was it a bachelor's in computer science? Yeah. At age 20? Uh, yeah. Well, how did you guys, how, what, did you do that that accelerated thing like in high school or you took yeah, classes? Was, or, oh, okay. Yeah, like running start, they called it. You had like two years of college and high school, but. Yeah, I heard so, that was like a, like a big thing like up in the Northwest. I know a lot of people do that. I wish it was kind of a thing down here because I like I graduated <laughs> when I was twenty three. It's like man, I'm I'm like I'm so done with school. I've been in school for like fifth what no eighteen years, you know. So um, that's wow. awesome, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, from age five to twenty three. That's yeah, if my math is correct, I should be. I'm an engineer, but um, <laughs> eighteen years. But yeah, man, it's good. It's good to have you on. It's it's good to to you know hang out again i know we first met uh back in la at that gathering um when you guys came to town and then we reconnected in seattle and we came a month later and now we are here on this podcast episode and we're going to talk a little bit about that so uh for those of you who don't know um if, if you follow the seattle united youth uh page on instagram uh ben is the main contributor to that page he's the one who's posting on the updates he's the one hosting all those fun game nights and bonfires we see about on social media and for those of us who were there experienced. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that and then we're going to get into something uh, a little different after that. But uh, Ben, I'm going to give you the floor and uh, why don't you just talk about how 
this idea came to mind, um, how you saw God pave a way for you to start this ministry and just bring people together through the work that you're doing um, on that uh, United Youth page. Yeah, so to be honest, like it kind of all started when I was in school. When I was in school, I used to uh, gather a lot of people to uh, like for study groups and sort of in a bad way, like kind of gathering groups to get work done the wrong way at school. And, uh, you know, like, I, but there's the, the verse, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it to good. So, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it all started there. And like, I noticed that I had a way of connecting with people and connecting them to other people that I knew. And we would just sort of build a community, like even at school, like within uh, people of like all nationalities. And just, uh, I, I had a lot, like a few friends and I, I tried to invite them to church sometimes, but it's like, it's really hard because I go to a Romanian church and I always have to explain, well, you have to have a, a earpiece and with a translator. And then it, they were just turned off by that. And like uh, towards the end of my school, like when I was graduating or actually right after I graduated and we kind of left the, that group of people. And I heard like one month right after another, two of the people in our group like committed suicide and it was pretty like sad at the moment between us friends and it just made me think like man what could I have done better like so that they could also have the community that we have us Romanians like we always talk about suicide and how some people like get led to depression which I'm sure there are there's some people in our community that might have thoughts of suicide but the truth is like i haven't heard many cases in our community you know i think the bigger issue is that people that are outside those are the people that we should be reaching for all of the statistics are not just in our romanian community but it's people that are outside of the romanian community and i i would just have the thought like man how could i help those types of people you know how could we do better in our school system like or not in our school system like as a as a Romanian who goes to school, you know, like how, when I talk to people, I want to be able to invite them somewhere. So I kind of, everything started, I started meeting up with my pastor. Like my parents moved away for two years. And right when my parents moved away, I kind of thought in my head, like, well, technically I don't have to go to church anymore because my parents are gone. I don't like, I can do whatever I want. I can miss a Sunday if I need to. But then it made me really think like, why am I a Christian? You know, was I a Christian just because my parents wanted me to be a Christian, just because my parents wanted me to go to church to be this nice person? Or like, do I have a real relationship with God, a personal relationship with me and God, not through my parents? And I'm like, well, I got to start meeting up with my pastor and I got to start reading the word more. And when I met with my pastor, it really made me realize how, how much I didn't know the Bible. Growing up, being in a Romanian church for 10 years, the first lesson my pastor gave me was memorize the New Testament books, and this was two years ago. It's pretty sad. And I, then after that, like going to church, like I, wanting to know the Bible more, wanting to understand it more, I realized that I wasn't even getting any sermon just because they were being spoken in, in Romanian. And I was talking to a few other people and they had the same exact issue. And I've been noticing a trend. It's like, I don't know how it is in other states, 
But I noticed in Seattle that the youth were ever like once they would reach a certain age, they're gone. Like they would leave the church. Like youth were dying in the church. And I'm like, well, maybe it's because like we have this um, barrier that we have to face. And it's if if the word doesn't reach us, how are we going to be transformed? You know, how is God going to work in us? So we started just gathering. Like we always, our family has always thrown bonfires for the youth. We kind of did like smaller activities with the youth. And then when my parents moved, like we threw bond, I threw bonfires over the summer. And I remember our first game night with the youth, we had a, a bonfire. Like we had a, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 people showed up and it started raining. So we went inside because I had the, my house to myself, my parents were gone and we threw our first game night and everybody loved it. They had a blast. Everybody got to get to know each other and they had a place where they can just be themselves, you know? And we're like, man, this is great. So we kept doing game nights throughout the fall. We threw a, a new year's gathering and this is kind of, when I realized well, we threw a new year's gathering and over 300 Romanian youth showed up from Seattle. Wow. And you go, that's a lot. you go to, <laughs> it is, you go to a regular youth night and probably you'll see maybe 50 max people on a good night, you know? And it made me realize like, where did all of these Romanians go? Where did our youth go? Who's keeping track of them? You know, and so we, we just kept going with the gatherings and maybe we can, I was like, I had a thought like maybe we can somehow reach out and invite them to our church and something like that. But then I went to Winterfest. I went to Winterfest and that's actually for the first time ever in 2019. Um, God changed me there. I kind of like, there's the whole process of sanctification, you know, so I, I was meeting with my pastor kind of learning the Bible, but then, you know, you go to Winterfest and I kind of just, I didn't, I don't, I didn't do anything bad or anything, but you know how you go to a convention for just to, maybe you'll find your future wife or something. <laughs> That's uh, kind no, of I, one of the, I know too well, I know too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. We can all relate to that, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I went there for, you know, those reasons. I didn't go there for like, the worship or anything like I, I just heard my friends are going so i went i'm like why not meet new people and i remember someone that i i met i was actually i was really surprised how many youth on the east coast were like had a good relationship with god and they were on fire for christ after the service was over there was a prayer room and nobody was telling the youth to be in there but everybody was there and somebody asked me like are you filled with the holy spirit and i was just like i don't I don't know. And they're like, well, I'm not leaving until you go in that room and you pray for the Holy Spirit through the filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay. So I just went in the room, in the prayer room. And I, I, like I went and I was praying there and I, I like, I, I don't know, nothing really happened there, but on Sunday night on the last service, like I had the filling of the Holy Spirit and it was a powerful service in my life changed from there. And then I went to go visit my parents at that time. We're living in Barbados. So I went and visited them right after Winterfest because it was kind of like a, I basically hit two birds with one stone with plane tickets and uh, visited my parents for a month, stayed there. And I just had this idea. I'm like, well, I, I envisioned a uh, like 
just setting up our my house like our bonfire in a nice way so we can gather the youth and it'll be fun it'll be cool like i didn't really have any thought of adding worship to it you know it was just kind of like oh let's let's do, take it a, a step further since more youth are starting to come to these small little gatherings let's make it look nicer and make it look cool and maybe other people will come and uh i went home we set up the bonfire and we had our a worship night at our church and it was uh we invited all the youth over and it was cool it's kind of like our first bonfire with the setup and it was really nice and then we after that we started another we started these things that we called potlucks where everybody would bring food and we would barbecue together it would be an all-day event on a saturday and we would uh just play volleyball just fun activities ended off with a bonfire some little worship and people started coming from portland people started coming from canada like it started to become a thing and like every almost every other weekend we were getting like 150 people 100 people just having fun and i was talking to a few other youth that were kind of involved in these gatherings and i was like well we should we should do something with this. Like we're get, get, gathering so many youth, not only Romanians, we're gathering people from like the Russian Ukrainian churches. We're gathering people from like, just people would just bring their friends. And we started actually random people that we don't even know on Instagram would come just because they saw the post and they didn't have any friends. They, so they just wanted, they would message us, Hey, can we come? Even though we don't know anyone, we're like, yeah, just come. And we kind of invited them to be a part of like our community, you know? And I reached out to a few other people that I know. And I'm like, what if we started this? What if we made something, made this something where we can add worship in the word so that it's not just fun and like games. We can actually have an impact on others, you know, and people can come to Christ. And a lot of the people, like a lot of the younger people were on fire. Like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. And all this is when like things kind of got icky with churches in the area. Mm-hmm. And some people thought like, because I go to a really small church, they're like, well, maybe he's doing this so that he can bring more youth to his church or something like that. I'm like, no, not like that wasn't in my mind at all. I just figured we're doing this as a youth. It'd be cool to, to uh, do something more with this. So we started adding worship to it. We, we started our first worship night on mid-July. I can't remember the exact date. And... I remember like a lot of people were kind of backing out and it made me kind of give up in a way. And I remember I, I met with my pastor and I asked him, I'm like, well, this is the idea we had, like we've been gathering a lot of youth and I wanted to do worship and some people didn't want to do it anymore just because of like their, some of their leaders weren't accepting of it. And I don't know if we should keep, I don't know if we should move forward with this idea. We should just keep it fun and games. And my pastor, like, sat me down he's like why would you give up that easy you know and this is i really appreciate my pastor like being so supportive because if he didn't have that conversation with me same with my worship leader john ungud and johnny martish and um adina and dan puravets these are people from my church they were so supportive they met up after church and were like you gotta like keep this going you gotta you, you can't just give up this easy because if whenever there's like setback, that means God wants to work, you know? So I just sent out a message to a few people and like, Hey, we're going to meet up for worship team practice. 
at th this time in our barn. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit rough, but whoever would like to come will come. And people that I didn't even message showed up. And I was surprised. I thought no one was going to show up. I, I'm like, some people said like their roommate who doesn't even like know anything about this woke up in the middle of the night and had to pray for the work that we're doing. And that's why she came to come and like play keys. And I'm like, wow, after hearing that, I'm like, we have to move forward. We can't like just stop here, you know? So we threw our first worship night and things went okay. Everything was, was great. And we actually, uh, like God would definitely move there. And we just kept every, I think we wanted to do it once a month, but it ended up happening every other month. And just because of how much work it was. And it became so much of a burden kind of throwing these gatherings, like because we focused too much on the show. Yeah. We, yeah. We focused too much on making sure everything looked cool, making sure everything was live. Everything was, was cool. And there's just one point in time where I was so burnt out that I like, I didn't, I didn't even know what to, like, I'm just like, we can't do this anymore. And we were having like, there's problems with like people and the worship team and all of like just drama. And we're just like, this is not what we need to do. And I learned that sometimes, sometimes God makes it in a way where you whenever you try doing everything yourself you burn out that yeah. then, then you have to go back to the source and ask god what do you want to do what do you what's the purpose of this and when you just put all your focus on what god wants and you're open to him and open like uh we were just in michigan and eddie spangel spoke in a small like group after church he was saying like you always have to be open to the call like if you're always open to the call it's just life is just much easier you don't have to stress about anything so we just kind of we canceled out all of the um like the worship we wanted to do more acoustic nights and things were going well and COVID happened <laughs> you know yeah mm -hmm. and uh i don't know I, during COVID, things were kind of we took a break we kind of cleansed the team and it just naturally started back up again when we, we started doing bonfires in the summer. And that's when I met, we went to Winterfest again. And that's where I met Phil for the first time. I met Andrew for, after, I've known Andrew from a long time ago, but I met him for the first time in a few years, Andrew Villian, and then Danny Villian. And we connected really well. And I was just surprised to see how, God sort of put a same vision in like, I, I spoke more with Danny and uh, we spoke until like four in the morning and I, it was the first time I ever met him. And it was amazing to see how God was kind of working the same way in his life as God was working in my life. And things just kind of, I don't know, sparked from there and then kind of took a break, went and met up in Florida and like just to hang out. There was no idea of worship at all. And all of a sudden, like, it just became a natural worship night. And it was amazing. God worked and it was powerful. 
but that's kind of how everything came together. But the most important thing about everything that happened was that we were always relying on, like, we were relying on God to make sure that we're in the right direction. But at the same time, we had so many other leaders that were like youth leaders, like previous youth leaders that were kind of hurt by the church in a way. And they really wanted this to succeed in like behind the, behind the scenes, you know? And every time like we felt down as a youth, put like put down, there were always like people from just like God brought people to kind of lift us back up and keep us going, keep us encouraged. And it's really good to have leaders that are always supportive of the young generation and the ideas that they have to bring forward. Cause the Bible talks about you have to have your elders in the church to guide you, but you also have to take advice from the young generation because the young generation has so many ideas, but with their ideas, they, if they don't have direction and guidance, they'll just go all over the place and not get anywhere. But if you, as a leader, see something good that'll work to the young generation, you can somehow direct them and mold it so that it, it, something good will come out of it. And that's, it's really powerful what you can do when you unite the young and the older generation. And I noticed that sometimes there's that gap between the, the youth and the, older people in the church and it's kind of sad like i almost think i don't i don't know what it is i i don't know if you've noticed it but i i have and um so it's interesting that you brought this up because i probably wasn't going to talk about it but since you did we might as well just like hammer it home <laughs> um yeah but like yeah the whole thing with uh you know church opposition and all this stuff uh, it, it made it it made its rounds you know it uh, even came back uh, here in southern california we heard about it and, you know, we were kind of discussing it and I had to like, you know, clarify on behalf of, you know, our church, like, Hey, this is actually what's going on. Like, I, like, I know these guys, they're, you know, their intentions are good. It's not like what you think. And I think the biggest thing is, yeah, like you were talking, you were saying earlier about the, um, just that barrier, what may it be a language barrier, a culture barrier. And the fact that that yeah. barrier exists, um, there's not much of a relationship as there should be between the younger and the older generations. And then a lot of stuff is either lost in translation or is not communicated properly. So, um, you know, from the, let's say an older pastoral position, when they look at this, maybe they don't quite understand what's going on and they start assuming things. And then, you know, vice versa from the younger people, they're like, oh, you know, they're against me where, you know, the, the church and the leadership shouldn't be against something like this. Uh, but they should be kind of like opening the doors like, hey, if you want to do something, if you guys want to meet, if you guys want to have your English worship uh, services, bonfires, whatever you want to do, let's let's, you know, let's work together. You know, I think that's the right attitude and heart to have. Um, but unfortunately, it's lost in translation. So I think like the most important thing is communication and because um, because what you guys are doing is a great job. And even what you were saying earlier about um, you guys kind of caught yourself at a certain point where it started getting a little too flashy, it became about the show. And then you had to get grounded, you had a reset. And then you, you know, COVID happened, you guys traveled, had some events, and then you started picking up again, you asked God, God, how can I, how can I make this work? What do you truly want with this ministry with this gathering with this uh, call that you have? So 
I think that's great. I think that's important. And uh, yeah, I mean, as long as we're communicating, I mean, the fact that we are gathering together is so awesome. And you're right. I mean, in in the epistles, uh, Paul wrote to both Timothy and Titus. He, He talks about one, like the hierarchy between, you know, the older passing on the wisdom to the younger. But then he also mentions, I think it's in First Timothy, saying, um, you know, don't let people despise you for a youth. You know, be examples in Christ in like love and purity and in teaching and all these different things. So there, it's supposed to be, um, we're supposed to coexist. It's a symbiotic relationship. We benefit off one another. We exhort and encourage one another and we are supposed to grow together. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we could we can definitely do that. But I mean, I think a big thing is that, um, that cultural language barrier, which is unfortunate. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's almost out of our hands, but it kind of is. It's something that we just kind of inherited, um, especially when you have a large, you know, generation of people migrate from uh, or immigrate from Romania to America in the last 20, yeah. 30 years. So um, that's that's what you're going to get. That's what you can expect from that. And then, you know, you have people, but uh, it's good that you recognize. And I do, I do value like the, the community that you establish with that. Uh, the fact that um, people outside of the church, people outside of your normal remaining community heard about this gathering. They were excited about it. And then they decided to show up. And I think you mentioned to me in Seattle that um, at one of the services, uh, you had a, a friend who was in the world and he actually ended up giving his life to Christ. Is that true? If I remember correctly. Yeah. It was your friend. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so he actually, we met him at a wedding, and he wasn't Christian. And uh, we invited him to come to, we have a, a weekly volleyball that my dad kind of set up 10 years ago. I, I think about 10 years ago, and then I started continuing it after he left. And we invited him to our weekly volleyball that we would set up. And he kind of joined our community, our volleyball community for a few years so we've known him and then he went off to the military and we haven't really heard back from him from like maybe once a year he would come and play volleyball with us in the summer and then he would go back and it's kind of been a few years since we've actually since he's been here for long term and because of i think because of covid or for some reason he was able to come to seattle and he asked us that weekend if we wanted to hang out and we like over the years when he's been coming to volleyball we've never really like we've always asked him to come to church but he's never come like he didn't want to come he was not interested in church so we never really forced it on him we were just kind of being his friend trying to be an example but when he came to this gathering we're like well we have this gathering happening and we're going to be playing volleyball if you want to come play volleyball you're welcome to come and we didn't even say that there's going to be church after we just said just come hang out for volleyball and he came for the volleyball and also stayed for the worship after on Sunday. And like my brother was sitting next to him and he just saw it like he was kind of like tearing, crying at the, towards the end of the service. And my brother went up to him and asked him, he was like, hey, what's up? Is it, everything all right? And he said like, he, he, that said like he wants to give his life to Christ. So we didn't tell him anything about church he just came for the volleyball <laughs> that's why it's, yeah, it's good to God. have that attraction you know <laughs> yeah and like that's you know that's just one out of you know possibly several or many who could um, have that experience you have this community of of christians and i think one thing we really neglect um i don't know maybe in our culture and in, in 
just our upbringing is the fellowship, is the community, is bringing people together. And not only, you know, because we're used to hanging out within our own groups. We're used to having things our own way and, you know, it's only comfortable with our group. But the fact that you're making like this big community thing where, you know, outsiders, people, like you said, people who didn't know anyone from that entire group wanted to show up and ask to come. Um, I think that's great. And I think that's definitely a way that God could use us. And uh, now kind of transitioning to this next part, you know, you experienced this, um, this way that God worked through you, right? He worked through you in this ministry. Um, But let's talk a little bit more about God's purpose in our life. Um, How do we recognize it? What happens if we don't see it? How can we pray for it? And then if it's happening, how do we um, just truly embrace it and then just have trust in God that he will work through us? So um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor again, and then we'll just uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so I noticed in my life, I first wanted to become like I wanted to go into business. I wanted to go to school for business. I started uh, looking at what classes I wanted to take, and that's just where I thought I would fit in just because. I liked to negotiate. I was more of like a people person in a way, and I it just fit my personality better. And in a couple of days, like a few people came up to me and were like, "Hey, you should really think about computer science." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> computer science? That's like nothing I would ever go for, you know." And I have nothing to do with that. I had no clue what computers were, you know, or you know what I mean, like coding or whatever. And another person came up to me the next day and just one after another, people were trying to convince me to come in, to go into this certain area. And I'm like, okay, I, I think this is where God wants me, even though I'm not interested in it that much. But if God wants me here, I would rather be where God wants me than choose my own path, you know? And I went into computer science and I had, that's when I kind of, like I mentioned earlier, went in the wrong direction with school. Like I couldn't, it just didn't make sense to me. So I figured out other ways to get through classes and I got through and people were telling me, well, if you, uh, you don't like learn things and do things the right way, you won't be, you can't, you like, you won't get into the computer science program. You won't get a job. And God just, all of the doors were, were starting to open up computer science. Uh, I got in their program. I graduated and I just saw God's hand work. And I, I started changing my ways of getting work done, <laughs> started learning, started getting the hang of things. And one thing I want to mention is sometimes people only, they focus too much on what everybody else is doing. They look and see what the the common, like, let's say it's nursing, let's say it's construction. What are like the Romanians doing? What's successful when they go that route? And they pray, Lord, make like, be successful in this area in my life. Be like, help me get into this nursing program or help me get into this specific program. But they forget to pray, Lord, should I be a nurse or should I be a computer scientist or should I be a businessman? You know, sometimes we choose first and then we ask God to work in our lives in that route. But what if that route's not meant for us? And uh, that's kind of 
that's just more of like a career purpose. And I noticed like if I would have chosen a different route, I wouldn't have talked to specific people in my uh, programs. I wouldn't have gotten the job that I got, that I, uh, I spoke to someone in my job about the uh, gatherings that we did and he, he got touched by it and he wanted to start donating to our ministry. It's like oh, wow. every, every part of your life matters. And I feel like the younger generation today, they feel like they don't really matter as much. They're just a number. When God made us so perfect, not, well, not perfect, but <laughs> like he in made his us image, so yeah. unique. In his yeah. image, yeah. But yeah. he made us so unique. That's the word I wanted to use. That your fingerprint is not the same as anybody else's. The, the um, pattern in your eye is different from anybody else that has ever lived. And you think you don't have anything special that God has for you, like in life and ministry, in your career. It's like the media is kind of just made us uh, blind of what we could really do. And also it's like we put God in a box sometimes like, God, I want you to work in ministry only on this, on Sundays when I go to church, you know, like what about your everyday life? Yeah. It's a everyday ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I like, I like, I like that you mentioned that because I mean, we see it a lot in, in the word of God, how, how unique and, and, you know, beautifully we were made. Uh, God tells Jeremiah that, you know, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You know, before you were born, I consecrated you. Um, even Paul says, Apostle Paul, in uh, Galatians 1, he talks about how God called him and created him for this purpose to go preach the Gentiles. And we know that Paul, you know, prior to that was on a whole different path. You can even say that he was kind of choosing his own career, a career to be a scholar, a career and hobby to persecute Christians. And then once he converted um, on the road to Damascus, you know, a few years down the line, now he's going and preaching to the Gentiles. And it's so, it's so amazing to see that how, how, how God works through a certain individual, that you're in one place in, in your life at one time and at one moment in time. And then, you know, a few years down the line, you could be doing something totally different. And I, I, I really, you know, I, I like that you brought that up, that you know, we need to have faith that the Lord will use us and we need to be open to where he's going to call us to because um, we like to stay in our comfort zones, to be honest. Um, right. We say like, oh, God, I don't know. Mission work's not for me. I like to sit home. I like to do this. Or like you said, I like to serve on Sundays and the rest of the week I got to do my own thing. And, you know, sometimes we are called to be here and rooted in our church Um and we have different tasks. I believe everyone has a universal calling, and that is the Great Commission, and that everyone is called to go preach the gospel and make disciples. Now, that could be different. That could be in the mission field in a foreign country, or that could be here in your community, at your work, to your neighbor, talking. So I believe we have a universal calling to do that, but I think we all have our own personal callings too, our unique callings that God knew from the very beginning um, and how he wanted to use us. And, you know, I heard a friend once tell me uh, there are senders and there are goers, you know, people who 
the senders are people who are, you know, rooted in the church. They disciple people. They teach people the word. They encourage people. And then the goers are the ones who go out and then do all of that, you know, and, and continue to do God's work. So it's, 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 it's crazy and so cool to see how the body of Christ works. You have different members in the body of Christ and they all, they do different things, but for the same purpose, for the same goal, and they all help each other in doing so. So, I mean, that's great. And I think we really need to pray more. We need to be open-minded and come before the Lord with an open and humble heart in prayer whenever we're asking and seeking his will and his purpose in our life. Right. And one thing that I noticed, and if you remember the story of uh, Jonah, was God had a purpose for him, but he didn't want it. He didn't want to go speak to the people of Nineveh. Yet, did he go speak to the people of Nineveh? He did. He did go. Exactly. But what was the pathway towards that? It was a nasty path to get there. So if you choose God's path and you listen to God's calling and you go that route, it, it might have been a cleaner pathway towards that, right? He probably would have had a nice trip, spoke his two words and left. But instead, because he went his own way, he wanted to decide what he wanted to do. It was just a like path of disaster. And it's funny because with, with Jonah, I don't even think he got the shortest end of the stick. I think the fact that God still, you know, through miraculous ways brought him to Nineveh through the fish and, you know, and, you know, spitting him out on shore. I think what, what would have been worse is if God just let him be, and then use someone else to do his work. And I feel like that's a lot of people today. I think it's a blessing to go through a trial uh, where God teaches us a lesson and we, we come back to him and we kind of refocus our lives on him, kind of like what happened yeah. with Jonah. Uh, but it's, I mean, if you if you keep on ignoring God's call for your life and you, if you have a responsibility in your community, in your church, in your family, in, in whatever, and you keep on neglecting it, I mean, the Lord's will, the Lord's will needs to be done. The Lord's work needs to be done, and He's going to find people who are willing to do that work. I like to say that the best ability is availability. You don't have to be some great preacher. You don't have to be an amazing worship leader. You don't have to be uh, in the public eye when it comes to service. But you have to make yourself available, and God will open a door, and God will use you, no matter you know how limited you think you are. You know, God doesn't see you that way. God sees you as a faithful and loyal servant who has this heart of service and wants to do his will. So, um, you know, I, I would consider Jonah lucky. I, I would be blessed and thankful at the end of the day or at the end of the three days, um, yeah. if I were Jonah to, you know, to go through <laughs> such a trial, but then learn a lesson that, you know, we have to, you know, God's call is there and we're there. We're, we got to be ready to answer it. So, um, I just encourage you guys who are listening, if you're, you're out there and God puts you in a certain position and you're slacking off, you know, don't don't do that. Wake up. Go, answer God's call. Uh, do His will. Do His work because uh, it needs to be. It needs to get done, and uh, you will truly be blessed with that um, going forward. So, um, Ben, as we as we wrap up this episode, I know I, th- I feel like time just flew right now. It, it didn't yeah. even feel like, uh, but I'm glad that we got to talk about the uh, kind of the inception of this gathering because. Uh, it's going to continue, right? And we're going to, our next uh, meetup is going to be in Phoenix for 
the new year. So uh, as we wrap up this episode, uh, can you give us a little insight on what's going to happen on Phoenix? I don't know, like like a insider scoop, if you can, whatever you can tell us. Um, so I've been talking with Danny. So Danny's leading the, the Phoenix gathering, and he's been really stressed. So we praise God for his energy and strength. And Amen, yeah. He'll pull, he'll pull through and we're doing as much help as we can. But uh, as of now, we're, we're looking for, we have a few places in mind that we're, we're going to get. We're thinking if it's going to be outside, it might be kind of cold for outside, or if we're going to get some sort of like a, what do you call those places where you store airplanes? <laughs> Hangers. Hangers. There you go. There you go. Or yeah. a gym or something like that. But it's going to be, it's going to be really good. We, we know a lot of people are going to be there and most importantly, we've, we know God's going to work and I think it's going to be better than what we had here in Seattle. So I'm really looking forward to, to meeting all of you guys again. And it's going to be awesome. We usually throw a new year's gathering here in Seattle, but we're going to uh, redirect all of the invites to Arizona. <laughs> and I'm sure cool. they will be, mostly pleased with that with that redirection of the invitation <laughs> but yeah i'm excited too it's going to be fun i plan on attending and uh it's been you know all i got to say is that you know I've, I've for the last few years i've been busy i've been kind of stayed here in southern california finishing up school uh working part-time kind of getting my life together and uh you know in the last few months i got to meet all you guys and really connect and it's been a truly a, truly a blessing for me um you know this ministry got got launched with, you know, uh, another connection that I made. And, uh, you know, I got helped out with that way. So it's been a blessing to, to know you guys, to grow with you guys, and just to see you guys and see how God's worked in your lives in this ministry and, uh, you know, God's purpose for you going forward. So it's been, a, it's been an honor and it's a blessing, and I'm excited for the future gatherings to come. So, uh, Ben, thank you so much for being on here. Um, I know I, I mentioned to you, this to you, like, I think it was back in L.A., we were on the beach or something and we were talking it was like we were talking with phil about some like crazy like alien conspiracies and then <laughs> i was just like dude why are we talking here let's just go record this and just put this out there uh, but i'm glad that you know even though that was like two months ago I'm, I'm glad that we could uh we finally had the chance to to do this and uh i'm excited for things to come so um as we wrap things up uh ben if people out there want to find you on the internet on social media where can they find you? I know you have two different Instagram pages, so go ahead and uh, share those for me right now. Um, yes, I think my username is B Buka, and then we have the Seattle United Youth Instagram page as well. So perfect, and I will so. tag both of those uh, listeners. If you're not already following uh, the Seattle United Youth Gathering uh, page, go ahead and follow them for more updates. Um, regarding all of the gatherings. Uh, ben is running that page and he's doing a great job and uh, God's truly working through that. So uh, Ben, thank you again for being here. Um, as far as our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at the Potter's House. Uh, email is thepottershouse at gmail.com. We are on streaming platforms such as iTunes, Spotify. Uh, please share with a friend. Please subscribe to our uh, podcast on those streaming platforms and uh, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anything else please if you have an iPhone I know I say this every time but if you have an iPhone go to the purple podcast app on your iPhone uh, 
tap on my podcast, The Potter's House, subscribe, and then scroll down and then tap the stars. Uh, the more ratings we have, the 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 better exposure we have. Uh, the iTunes has a certain algorithm that they use. So please tap the stars to help increase the exposure of the podcast. And then if you leave a written review, that'd be great. I'd love to hear from you guys. And I will definitely read it and uh, answer it as well. So thank you guys again so much. And we will see you next time.